Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, just a quick reminder to use code FINDTHEMAGIC to receive $50 off any Gab wireless device, watches, phones. Let's keep our kids safe on tech as they go back to school, but also safe and aware of where they are. So again, that's Gab Wireless with code FINDTHEMAGIC. You can receive $50 off any device. Hey, everybody. This is Tara Lynn, and I have a high five for us today, and I might have done this high five another year, but if I have, it's been at least a year, and it's worth repeating if I have. I don't remember, but I'm going to high five to mom snow day power. So twice this last week, um, we had a lot of snow, and apparently we don't do snow days. Like the school district doesn't do actual snow days anymore. They just do late starts, which makes sense. I'm not complaining about that at all. But I mean, the roads were really bad. And so, you know, we all get the call that school is starting later. One of them was a Friday, which is already a short day for kids at school. So, I mean, my kids would have been going for two hours to school. Kindergarten gets canceled altogether, right? Both times they just get canceled. And so I loved it because as a mom, I mean, when I was a kid, we had actual snow days where they'd actually cancel all of school only a few times in my life. And I just remember as a kid being like, this is the most thrilling thing that has ever happened to me. And so I loved it because as a mom, I was like, I have mom power here. I'm just going to declare it an actual snow day. So instead of just being late start for my kids, we just stayed home and played and we, you know, built a fire and we like sledded and played in the snow and got in the hot tub. And it was just so fun. And I just feel it just makes me feel like I'm like drunk on the power of being a mom, you know, like I have so much power here. I'm in charge and I have the power to declare a snow day. And of course my kids thought it was the best thing ever because it was cute. Honestly, had they been like begging for it, I would have been more resistant, but they weren't, they were just excited that it was a late start. And I was like, Hey guys, I have an idea. What if we just, have it be an actual snow day and you know they're like cheering like I felt like I was like they're gonna like put me on their shoulders you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) it was so so fun and it just I don't know honestly I just really I don't know it's just fun every once in a while to like as a mom be like you know what I can do this and as I say that I feel like I have to do the caveat that I recognize that that is just a you know I'm grateful that I'm in a position to do that because I know um that I have that flexibility and I know that that's a privilege. So for those of you who are hearing me who are like, 
that's just frustrating because late starts are actually really frustrating because then with work, what are you going to do? And how do you get your kids to school? And, you know, so I just want to empathize if there are people with inside of my voice who that like caused some pain for, I hear you. But I'm just saying for myself in my position in this moment in my life, it happened to be a day that I could and I did. And it was very fun. Mom power. I love that. There's this hilarious comedian and I, I've got to find it because I think it's really funny, but there was somebody and I hope I can even say it the way they did. I probably should just find it and then put it on the email or something because um, they were like talking about having kids and they're like, I have these small people and they like, they follow me. They look to me as their leader. And it like reminded me of that. Like when you call the snow day, it's like, yes, like I'm their leader and they're just cheering for me. I love that because sometimes I do feel that way. Cause at least right now, all my kids are home with me, but they, they follow me around everywhere and they think that I am just like the best thing ever. And so anyway, it's a good feeling mom power. It's yeah. true. We need to recognize that a little more. And um, you heard that it's, she's so it's some real on Instagram. She's an Australian voice and people make videos to all the time. And it's like, being an adult's kind of weird. You just, I can't, I don't have an Australian accent. It's like, yeah, I do it. But you're just walking around unsupervised all the time. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, but I love it's that. It's funny. It's hilarious because it is. It's like, I have so much power here. Like, I literally am unsupervised. Not only me, but I have a lot of power over all these little humans, too. Like, oh my gosh. we can go around terrorizing the neighborhood if we want. We don't, but, you know, like, I am it's just unsupervised true. all the time. <laughs> it's so true. Okay, I love that because sometimes I do think, I every once in a while, I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I do feel that way when I'm like, I am an adult. Like, I don't have to ask anybody permission to do this. I can just do whatever I want. Anyway, it is. It's quite liberating and also, you know, could get out of hand if I if I let it. But Because as we learned from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. So, of course, we don't misuse it all the time. Yes. <laughs> I love that, though, the snow day power. I never had a snow day growing up. And I always, I remember you and Parker saying that, you know, you like would talk about sometimes where you guys had snow days. Never once did I have a snow day. And I feel like slightly bitter about that. So anyway, I'm glad that you took advantage of some snow and you enjoyed it. I think that's fine. Um, okay. So mine is a face palm. I've noticed sometimes my face palms end up being high fives. Mine actually is a face palm that I had. I am into the, well, it's been a while. I've been on a streak of really good books that I've been loving. And Terilyn, you can relate to me on this because I feel like we're on the same page with our style of reading books. Yes. That once I get into a really – there's books where I'm like, oh, I enjoy reading this and I look forward to reading it. And then there's some books that it almost becomes a detriment because it. I want to do other – like there's other things that I maybe could and should do, but I want to read it more. So it's hard because there's been nights – Honestly, it's been so long since I've stayed up past midnight. I don't really do that anymore because, again, I like I can't afford the loss of sleep. But I've been reading this book, and I have stayed up multiple nights past midnight reading it. And Cameron will go to sleep, and I don't go to sleep. Anyway, and it's a problem. Like I'm like, I need to have some willpower and stop because then I'm so tired the next day. But it's like I just want to keep reading it. Anyway, so it's kind of a facepalm because I'm loving the books that I'm into right now so much so that it's a little bit of a detriment. I'm loving it a little too much. So <laughs> what book is it? Well, cause yeah, cause you, okay. So for all the listeners, so Terilyn and I, I read this book called Raven's Enchantment. I told her about it and you loved it and we both enjoyed it a lot. This and one, I, I think it, Terilyn, 
Well, and just a side note here, she recommended it to me. I bring it down to Mexico as a, with her on this family vacation. She caught me at night. I would be staying up late. Like, we'd partied all day with everybody. We'd play games at night with the adults. The adults will go to bed. And I'm up on the roof in the full moon with these, like, beautiful bistro lights. Reading this book till, like, 2 in the morning. Because, yeah, I couldn't stop. This one time she lost her phone, so she comes up looking for it. And I was like, she's like, what you doing? I'm like, oh, just... Just reading Raven's Enchantment. So I am with you on that. I was like so confused to see you there. (laughs) And everybody else is asleep. And I'm like, well, it's just a book. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it was in Mexico at night, full moon, ocean. Like I couldn't resist. Well, but what am I saying? If I was inside, I would just be reading inside because it's so good. So I'm dying to know what is this? What book are you doing it to now so I can join you in the middle of the night? Under the Christmas tree lights, even better. Perfect. I know. I know the Christmas tree. I love, I'm loving it. So yeah, it's called, I actually have it with me, but um, it's the queen, the red queen is the series. And it's funny. Cause when I first started it, it was good. And then I feel like just as for some reason, just as it went on. And then I was in the third book. I just, I don't know. I couldn't stop. Have you read it, Terlyn? Um, I weirdly, I, I bought that book because I love the cover. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Merlin, this is perfect. Okay, then yes. Yeah, I think I was in the airport and I saw the the cover of it. And I sometimes fall in love with covers, which I know you shouldn't judge books by their covers. But if you guys remember, I had a high five a little while ago. I fell in love with a book by its cover called The Bear and the Nightingale. I read it. It's like my favorite series of all time now. And I'm obsessed with it. Like so amazing. But it's not for everybody. Felicia started reading it three chapters in. She's like, if I don't like it at this point, should I keep pushing through? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Life is too short to read books that you don't love. I was hooked from the first chapter. So if you, you know what I mean? Like, do not push through this for me. But what I'm saying is I have changed my thought on falling in love with books about the, for their covers because it has worked for me in the past. So I literally saw the Red Queen cover. I bought the book at the airport like a couple months ago and it's just sitting in my library. So I'm ready for oh this gosh. binge reading. I'm ready. I'm this starting is- tonight. Perfect. Yes. That is something that I love about Terlyn is that she's usually right on board with me with these things. And I think you're really going to like it. I I feel like as the series has gone on, I have enjoyed it more. I feel like the first one I liked, I thought it was fun. And then as I've continued, I'm now on the third book. I'm like a little over halfway through and I'm loving it. So I'm excited for you to read it. Let's talk about it after for all you listeners. If you want to talk about it too, let's have a side note because it's really good. But um, is it fantasy? Anyways. What is it? What's the genre? Yeah. Is it fantasy? Yeah, it's fantasy. And it's kind of, um, well, I don't know. It's not dystopian. Yeah. Fantasy is probably what I'd say. It's good. Okay. I feel like sometimes when I try to describe what's happening in a book, like a fantasy book, it just sounds weird. Like I, yeah. So I feel like I can't say it. Like, well, I could, but it would just... I feel like it's just better if you just read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Well, awesome. I'm so excited and also kind of nervous because that means I'm also going to be missing some sleep. But I'm very excited. (laughs) I know. But this is the season. The cold season is like a great time to be reading because you can just snuggle up, snuggle up by the Christmas tree. So, And it gets dark so early. And yeah, I love it. Maybe, ooh, maybe I can just start telling my children, let's all snuggle in at like 7 p.m. I usually read to them, but maybe it's going to be like, hey, bring your own book. Christmas reading party around the Christmas tree as much as possible. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, just a good old-fashioned read-a-thon. Yeah. Okay, Okay, let me know what you think. I'm excited. Well, okay, we should actually just have a book club episode. But for all you listeners out there, obviously, we read tons of self-help books. I love them. I never stay up late listening to self-help books, though. They don't do the same thing for me. 
Like I'm not like binge reading, you know, like I'm reading a new earth by Eckhart Tolle till two in the morning. You know, that doesn't really happen for me, but I do love, I do love them. But now that I've discovered historical fantasy as a genre, I'm like obsessed with it. It's what the Barrier and the Nightingale, it's called the Winter Night Trilogy is. So listeners, if you guys have historical fantasy books that you think are amazing, please send them my way. Terilyn Griffin is my Instagram handle. Find me. Send them to me. I need them. Because now that I know it's a genre, how have I gone my whole life? I mean, I'm a freaking English professor. How did I not know that that's a genre? Historical fantasy? So please, send send historical fantasy books my way so I can miss more sleep reading these books. Yes, and then send them to me, Terilyn. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not super active on Instagram, but I do want to know these good ones because, man, okay. it's good. Then send them to me and I will send them to Caitlin. Okay. I'm really glad we covered this. We have important stuff to talk about today, but this has been very important. So I'm really glad yes. we have enlisted the help of our listeners to help us get good books to help us miss sleep during the Christmas season. This is really yes. important. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so with that, other good books that are not fantasy, we are going to do part two of Good Inside. So for those of you who heard our part one of Good Inside, we love this book, another book that we really have loved and yeah. we are big fans of. Good parenting book and one of those books where I can, I think we can all speak for all of us, we would recommend to anyone to read. I think it's just a, a really good, solid book to read. So yep. it's in my top five. That, made it to my top five parenting books, which is huge. I mean, I don't think I've added to my top five for probably two, a year and a half now. So it's mm-hmm. big. Big deal. So with that, we had stuff that we covered in part one, but it really did need a second episode and maybe even possibly a third. We'll see where we get. But there was so in part two, we have a lot of things that we really wanted to cover that we feel like is really helpful, important. And one of those um, that I really love. So Dr. Becky Kennedy is the author. So um, she I love this because she actually has a full chapter. We're going to start. So this is actually really good coming off of talking about reading books because um, she has a really beautiful chapter about self-care for us as the as the parent. And I think what's so important about this is that it kind of comes back to that. Like we all know the story of or the example of the putting your auction mask on first before you can help other people. I feel like that's given a lot, but there's a lot of truth to it. It's like if we are running on a depleted store of fuel and energy, we can't give as much to our loved ones and to our kids. And so it comes back to, we need to be able to give ourselves the self-care that we need. And that actually is giving our kids a really big gift. Cause one of the things is, is that when our kids see even that we, that we are taking time and energy to replenish ourselves, that sends them the message that, okay, mom is doing this. Even if they might not even, they might sometimes even show that they disagree with what they're doing. You know, they might complain about it in their own way in whatever age they're in. Um, So even if they are showing discontent about maybe us taking some time to do something that we feel like we need to do to replenish, it's so good for them to see my mom, like, she cares about herself because she cares about me. So like she wants, like when they see us putting that time in, it actually is a gift that we're giving to them. And they can see that as they grow older, they can also take time for themselves and take time and, and meet their own needs because it's important that we do that for ourselves. So I think we're giving our kids a gift both ways because number one, we're giving ourselves the energy and the time that we need to be the best for them. And we're showing them this is important and important enough. Like I'm modeling this for you. So with that, she has a whole chapter on 
things. And she actually says, she's like, I could write a whole book on this and I probably will at some point of just like self-care for parents. So there's a lot, but she has some really great, one of the things that I love about this book is very practical tips that you can absolutely apply. Like they're very concrete. So we're going to name a few of those that she gives. One of them, just to start off, um, she calls them hot cocoa breaths, which I love. I had never really heard about before reading this book. And I love it because it adds like a really, like an added imagery to kind of some deep breathing techniques, which I really love because everybody can imagine. So she talks about, you can do this with yourself and you also can do this. It's something that you can do with your kids. And I think it's really fun. Like, I think it kind of makes it fun to do with your kids because they're called hot cocoa breaths. So what you do is you imagine a, like that you're holding a steaming mug of delicious hot cocoa in front of you. And which is really nice at this time of year, because I think Mm -hmm. we can all relate to that. But you pretend to hold the hot cup of cocoa in both hands in front of you, and then you breathe in deeply the yummy smell. So you're breathing in through your nose and breathe in deeply the yummy smell of the chocolate, and then you blow out to the cool to cool the hot cocoa, and you try this to the count of five. So that's all you're doing. You're pretending like you're breathing in. You count to five through your nose, and then you breathe out as though you're cooling the hot cocoa to the count of five. And then you you can ask yourself afterwards how do you feel? Because that's also, as we've talked about, that's actually part of it is like, as you're doing this, if you feel good, it's almost like a re, um, like a reinforcement of like, Ooh, this was relaxing and calming. And it almost helps us like reinforce to ourselves. That was good. So it's fun to do with kids because they can, they can add it. It's like this added imagery to breathing. And it's something again, that we can do if we are feeling frazzled or unruffled or name any of those words, This is something that we can all come back to. It doesn't cost any money. It hardly takes any time. Like all you can do is just sit and think about doing this. So I love this, that this is one of her things because she even says, she's like, sometimes breathing is like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, breath work again. But seriously, there's something really anchoring to it and really grounding that can bring us back into the present moment and give us the time that we need. So I love that she actually put this in the self-care thing because it's like, we can all do this. This is all within our reach. And I see it as like a low hanging fruit that it's like, this is something we can do and we can bring it into a frazzled moment. Or even if there's a calm moment, we can even just take some time to do some breath, which I really like that. And I think having our kids see us do that is so valuable. I really like, she says that we, we don't in the moment of stress, like say to our kids, okay, take a deep breath, especially like that, (laughs) because it's going to make it be really negative for them. But there's nothing wrong with us in intense situation being like, you know what? In a nice way. Like obviously, if you say this with anger, again, negative association. But if you can say, you know what, I'm going to take a few deep breaths because I need I need to take a little break for myself. And I love that she calls them hot cocoa breaths. It's so cute. But like to have them actually watch you like, okay, you know, I, ooh, as I'm saying this, you know, I think I would like to try. I would like to name my emotion, do the breath and name my emotion again and have my kids see me do that. I'm feeling really impatient right now. I can tell I have, for me, I usually call it like I'm feeling really grumpy. I'm feeling really grumpy right now. Instead of saying, you guys are driving me crazy, I'll say, I'm feeling really grumpy right now. You know what? I'm going to take a few deep breaths. Take a few and then be like, hmm, I'm feeling a little bit more peaceful right now. Like let them see that I'm naming my emotion and I'm breathing in between. Just that modeling from a place of kind of curiosity, I think would be really cool to actually model. My kids see me breathe. But this idea is just coming to me right now, how powerful I think that could be to model naming your emotion, breathing, naming your emotion again. So I, yeah, I've seen therapists do that before. I've been attending 
therapy with somebody recently and watching them kind of work through stuff. And I have noticed the therapist does that a lot with the client. Like it'll be you name what you're feeling and then you do the exercise and then you name what you're feeling again. So I'm kind of liking that idea. Just I like that. And I like it that for her, all of the stuff, breathing, any kind of self-care, it's good for your kids to see you doing it from a place of, again, you got to make sure you're not doing it from a place of like punishment of like, you know, making it really negative for them. But having them see you breathe, I think is really important. And I've noticed that myself. Part of my, um, if you guys have listened to our essentials, I'll, I'll actually post it on the in the show notes, but our essentials episode, um, part of my essentials with my kids is we breathe. So we do, you know, we pray, we do our memorizing scripture, we do our memorizing poem, and then we do four really deep breaths. That's like our essentials. And it's interesting. I've watched um, my 11-year-old right now is showing some resistance to the breathing if she's feeling stressed. And if I force it, it just makes it worse, right? So Dr. Becky says that. She's like, you never force it. But we, the rest of us model it. So she doesn't participate. But we all like take 40 breaths together. And it's interesting because watching her, sometimes you'll just notice like she's trying to resist it. And then she like accidentally takes a deep breath. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think with all of this, we're not forcing. We're just allowing and modeling, you know. So I think that's a good thing to remember that when it comes to things like this, our modeling is really valuable, even if your kid doesn't participate, you know. Mm-hmm. Because then hopefully the idea is them when they're on their own, they'll be like, oh, man, I'm feeling really frustrated hold on my mom when she was frustrated I watched her she took a few deep breaths and she felt a little better let me try that you know maybe I'll try that yeah totally totally that's so cool I love that I love that another oh you go yeah no another thing that she gives that I also really love that she talks about we do it with our kids but I love this because it's like we do this for our kids and it's important that we do it for ourselves so one of the things that she talks about is acknowledge validate and permit she calls it AVP so we can do that with ourselves where we, if you are feeling any kind of an emotion, you acknowledge it. I am feeling frustrated. You can validate it. Like I'm feeling frustrated because (laughs) there's a huge mess here. My kids are running amok, you know, whatever you can validate it. Like I am feeling these feelings. This is maybe why, and then permit it, just permit the feeling instead of being like, I wish I didn't feel this way, or I just need to get over this or whatever it may be. Just permit it to be. And, um, and that can go for a lot of things. So I love that, that it's like we talk about doing this for our kids, but it's also important to do that for ourselves with our own emotions and things that we're going on because it can be stressful, like fill in the blank, stressful, irritating, frustrating. Um, sometimes it's sad. Sometimes we get angry. So I think using that acknowledge, validate, and permit for ourselves is really key. Um, and I think, again, when we do it for ourselves, we're able to better do it for others. I think there's always that truth in that, that when we can give ourselves this kind of compassion, we are much better at giving that to other people. So I think there's a truth there that is that is universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that she talks about is being okay with your own needs. So sometimes I think we – there are, sometimes we tend to feel like my needs like aren't – almost like we've kind of like undermined them there. It's like, okay, I don't, we almost like put our own needs off, but I think being, choosing to be okay with your needs, just even like saying that and being aware of it, that it's like, it's okay for me to take a break right now and do something that either I need to do or I want to do for myself, whether that's taking a few deep breaths, whether that's maybe doing a little walk, maybe it's going to your closet for a minute to like 
have some time. I don't know, whatever that looks like, being okay with it and like showing that to yourself and again, to your kids that that is important. Yeah, I think that is important. I love that. Um, And she also recommends if you're having a hard time with self-care, just choose one thing to do for yourself, just one. I would recommend, um, I'll also link our our morning routine stuff. I would recommend doing seven things. Oh no, it's a six. S, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, writing, six. I would recommend start with six. (laughs) But it really is just for me, one thing altogether. It can take less than five minutes. So we'll link that episode as well. But for me, um, starting. Starting with giving to yourself is always a good place to start. And I think, so in our, we have four pillars here at Find the Magic that we really focus on a lot. And it's connection, presence, healthy boundaries, and unconditional love. And connection is where we always start. So the thing I love about this, on this episode today, we're starting with connection. Connection with ourselves through self-care as a good parenting tool. The second is connection with our kids. And this is a little tip that Dr. Becky gives that I really love. She calls it PNP time. And a lot of times she says with any issue that's going on in her practice, so she, you know, is a therapist. So if parents come to her with a behavioral issue, she always starts with connection. So how is your connection going with your child? And a lot of times the connection is the solution. And I found that in my own life. When one of my kids is really acting up, connection when I start back with connection, it is amazing how often that just solves the issue for me. It doesn't always, doesn't always, but it's always where I start. And so one tip that from her book that we really loved, she calls it PNP, which is play no phone time. And this is not the first time we read this tip in books, nor the first time that we practiced it, but I really, it's a cute acronym. And so just as a reminder, if you're having a hard time and you don't have, I mean, for me, I love one-on-one dates, Um, we have had to modify that over the years with our kids, how that looks because our schedules keep changing. But right now we, once a week, it's on laundry night, actually one parent takes one kid every week now. So every kid gets to go out once a month. Um, and that's working for us right now. Right. But we've done it different in different stages of our lives. But PNP time is a lot easier than a full, like one-on-one date with your kid. PNP time literally means you say this to your child. You say, Hey, I want some time with just you. I'm going to throw my phone across the room or I am going to go and I'm going to put it, look, I'm going to put it on top of the fridge so I'm not tempted by it because I know my phone can be a distraction for me. I want to spend time just with you. And this can be five minutes. This can be 10 minutes. This is something they focused a lot in on a couple of the other books we've read that we've really loved. But I just love it that you can literally say, I'm going to spend five minutes and I just want it to be focused on you. So what do you want to do for your PNP time or your special time? And I love it because, and the whole point of this is just connection. So if they want to play something, you play and you get it down their level. They just want to talk. They just want to snuggle, read a book, whatever it is. But I think kids really value not only when they give them that time, but when we say with our words, I am specifically putting my phone away because I don't want it to get in in between us. I think that's really valuable. So that's just a fun little Mm -hmm. tip. Before we go in, we're about to really dive into all sorts of things that are difficult but we wanted to start with just connection with ourselves, connection with our kids, and that's a fun way to do it. Get your mm-hmm. phone away, make it kind of a fun thing, put it away, and then just spend some time with your kid. So the question is, yeah. now that we've touched those two bases, what about all the other things that kids do that are really hard? What do we do about those? And Dr. Becky has so many really 
awesome tips, tips that I haven't ever heard before that I absolutely loved. So we're just going to start kind of going through our favorites. Again, read a book if you want the full thing, but we're going to go through some of our favorites. So yeah. one of my favorites yeah. is she calls them emotional vaccinations. It's going through something before it actually happens in order to emotionally be prepared for it. So for example, your kid is about to go to kindergarten. You can say, and the thing I like about this is it's not, because I've sometimes worried when I, I do this with my kids anyways, but I've always worried like, am I making this into a bigger deal than it's going to be by saying that it could be a big deal? You know, I don't want to like put it in their head that mm -hmm. it's going to be hard, but hearing her say this, it, it just reminded me that it's okay. Here's some ways to make it not be like I just said. You can say something like this. Okay, we're going to practice our minds going to kindergarten. So when you go to school for the first time, some kids, and this is the thing, you're not saying it has to be this way. You're just giving options, right? So instead of saying it's going to be hard for you, this is what you can say. For some kids, they feel a little nervous before school. They might even cry a little bit. Some kids feel excited when they go to school and they just want to go and meet new friends. Some kids feel a little um, quiet and they just kind of want to sit and watch and just kind of feel what they're feeling on the inside. None of those things are wrong. They're all good things to feel. So it doesn't matter what one you feel. So I like it because you're not labeling. You're going to be nervous or you're going to cry or you're going to be excited because you don't know which one your kid's going to feel. But you're just giving them permission that kids feel a lot of different things on the first day of school. So it's okay. Whatever you feel, it's okay. I'm going to be here for you. And then I am going to leave. So then you practice it. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to practice. So let's imagine we walk up to the school. Um, I think it would be fun to say, let's practice one of the feelings. Which one do you want to feel? You know, they might be like, I want to try feeling excited. Or I'm going to try feeling sad. You know, whatever it is. Um, okay, awesome. And then... You are going to do this, and then I'm going to give you a hug, and you actually walk them through what's going to happen. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to give you a kiss. For me, we always do kissing hands. So, you know, I'm going to kiss your hand. You're going to kiss my hand. And then me and my kids, we do this little thing. We make the I love you sign in sign language and push our hands together, and we say I love you, and then we put our fingertip. I'm showing this to you in the camera, but you can't see it right now. Then we put our finger, pointer finger and our thumb together like they're like kissing, and it makes the infinity sign for forever. So we say, I love you forever. And then like big hero six, we go blah, 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 with our hands while we like pull our hands away from each other. I really think I should post a video showing you this because it's probably, it's a lot yes. easier if you see it in real life. Anyway, yes. but what I'm saying is then you say, okay, so isn't that so great? So you're going to be feeling whatever you're feeling. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to give you a kissing hand. I'm going to say, I love you forever. Blah, blah, blah. And then the cool thing is you just get to keep feeling whatever you're feeling. And you're going to walk into your desk, keep feeling whatever you're feeling. And your teacher is so great. She's okay with whatever you're feeling too. You know what I mean? Like, but you're letting them know I am leaving and you're okay to feel whatever you feel. Right. So I like it because you're just practicing it. So when the time actually comes, so I would say, I would say if they chose to practice the feeling sad part, go with it. Like totally let them go into that. You're feeling sad. You're crying. Oh, man. Okay. I'm still going to give you a hug and I'm still going to leave or whatever, whatever your plan is. But if they chose that, if it were me, I would say, can we also just practice? Let's just try it on. Let's practice you also feeling so excited. Like 
you want to go inside? And I'm like, no, I want to keep you. Please stay. You know what I mean? Like you can like do a little role reversal there. I need a kissing hand. You got to give me a kissing hand. You know what I mean? And you can turn it playful and let them practice that too. So what we do in these practices or as she calls them emotional vaccinations, but you're just practicing and you can bring in playfulness into it, right? So when the time actually comes, they're like, first of all, I know what's going to happen. Second of all, I have permission to feel whatever I'm going to feel. I practice feeling a couple different ways. And I mean, on the day of, it could be really fun to be like, oh, I need my kissing hand. You know what I mean? And make it fun. So those are some fun ways to prepare your kids for different um, situations just by practicing them ahead of time. But doing it from a space of you don't have to be happy about this. You know what I mean? You can feel yeah. whatever you're going to feel, but you can't like, it is just as valid to feel excited as it is to feel scared. You can feel both of those two things. Yeah. It's okay. So I love that. I loved, and I've had a lot of success with my kids in doing that. I think it's really, really a fun, really effective way to an effective tool. Yeah. Something that I love, this is actually a quote from Dr. Becky. She says, kids' most dysregulated moments occur when they feel emotions intensely and in a state of aloneness. Emotional vaccination gives us an opportunity to infuse connection into these moments before they even occur, which I love that. We're infusing connection into a moment before it even occurs. It's as if you pre-regulate the emotion before it even arises. How powerful is that? So I love it because just recently, like, so with my three-year-old, he, we had a he, there was going to be a babysitter coming over and we'd actually had like a couple, like we don't always do babysitters back to back, but there was two nights where that was going to happen. And it's funny because I had told him before, Hey, like this, this babysitter is going to come over and play with you. And he was kind of like, but I don't want her to. So we talked about that a little bit. And then I didn't want it to be like a, like a, at the door, like be him being like really sad and crying as I was leaving. And so I tried the emotional vaccination before I said, you know, when she comes and we kind of like practice, like when she comes, this is what we can do. We can like show her, I'm going to show her around, like show her where the PJs are and show her where the diaper, like, I'm going to do this. Do you want to help me do it? And he'd be like, yeah. So we'd like kind of, we walked through what we were going to do when she got there. And then, you know, and then I was telling him like, what's going to happen while she's there, how she's going to lay him down. Like, I kind of like walked through the whole thing. Like then she's going to be laying him down to go to sleep. And like, I won't be there, but I will be there. You know, like I kind of like walked through the whole thing. And I think I even said at some point, like, and then when it comes time for me to leave, I'm going to give you a big hug and a kiss and um, and then I'm going to go. And I said, and I think I even asked him, how do you think you'll feel at this time? And he said, I think I'll feel kind of sad. And so I said, you know, and it's okay to feel sad. Like, And then as we were talking, like I just said, and it's okay to feel that way. And then it was cute because then he's like, but then I'll be happy like because then we'll just play or something. Like he kind of walked through it himself, like how it was going to be. And I just acknowledged, validated and permitted it. Like I, So it was before this even happened, I just did that before. And it was amazing because when the time came, when she came, we did all the things that we had talked about. When I gave him a hug, it was great because he actually was like, he didn't even act like he was like totally ready to play with the babysitter. It was really fine. So it actually was a really cool moment where we had been able to almost like work through the emotions beforehand and like what he might feel. And it was cute to ask him, like, what do you think you'll feel? Because then he was able to tell me, I think I'll feel kind of sad. And I was like, yeah, and that's okay to feel that way. So it was cute because instead of, because we have had it in the moment where he is feeling sad. And then, you know, it's like a little bit harder because it's also like, I'm also trying to get out the door. So I kind of feel like, I know, I'm sorry, you're sad and I love you, you know? So anyway, it was really cool because I think you can use this for anything. And what I love, because I think like Terrilyn, like you said, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to put in their heads that they might feel this way because like, Maybe they might just be totally excited about going to kindergarten, you know, but I think something that you could do if you're like, I don't, I like how it's like, 
either you might feel sad, you, you can give some options, or you can even say, how do you think you'll feel? You don't even have to like give them an emotion that they might feel. And they might just tell you, I think I'm going to feel a little scared. And then you can just say, I can see that, you know? So I think that's something cool too, is that you don't, that I have liked is that it's like, you don't even have to necessarily, for lack of a better word, this isn't the right thing, but like, you don't necessarily have to put an emotion in their head that they might feel. You can even just ask them, what do you think you'll feel? And then they can tell you, I'm going to feel really excited. I'm going to feel really sad. And I think that that's a cool way to just work through the emotions beforehand and help them giving, infusing that connection even before the event happens, which I really love that. I loved it. And such a concrete tip to do. That's brilliant. What do you think you're going to feel? Oh, that's brilliant. And I do love the infusing the connection because they're going to feel connected to you when they're feeling that emotion. When you're not there and they're feeling a big emotion, they're going to feel connection to you because they're like, my mom's already connected with me on this. She's already validated it. She's already acknowledged, validated, and permitted this. You know, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Okay. Well, our next tip, which I just love, is – Ooh, ooh, it talk, it's about whining. Whew. So there are a few things in the world that is more annoying to me than the sound of my own children whining. Other kids whining, I really don't mind. Like, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if I was always like this or just having multiple children. When I hear other kids like losing it, I'm just like sending you blessings, sister. You know what I mean? Like I, like I just feel empathy for the parents, but um, whining. So Whining is a trigger for a lot, a lot of parents. So the thing for me is whining reframe. So she, Dr. Becky does such a good job at reframing whining here. So here's a good way to look at whining. Whining is a strong desire mixed with helplessness, which is true. Your kids whine when they want something so bad and they're not getting it, right? They turn into whining. It's just like, no, why? I don't want to leave. No, five more minutes. Wow. Like, seriously, like, it's just, they just whine because, but when we look at that, so think about it as an adult. There are times where we don't get what we want, of course, but not in the same way the kids do. They are constantly faced with wanting stuff and not being able to get it. They don't have the power to get it. They don't have the money to get it. They don't have the unsupervisedness that we were just talking about as adults. You know what I mean? Like if I really want a candy <laughs> yes. bar, I can just go get a candy bar and nobody's going to tell me no. I don't because now I'm an adult. Well, mostly I don't. But sometimes if I'm being honest with myself, sometimes at four o'clock, I'm feeling like a Snickers and I eat a Snickers. Yeah, but my kid, me too. Right before dinner, you know, we don't eat Snickers before dinner. My kids don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, granted, I don't do it in front of them. <laughs> although you guys want to know the other day I was fasting I was so hungry and we were about to go to dinner at my in-laws house but I was so hungry and so I was like I'm gonna break my fast right now and I'm gonna have a snack so we're making this cake and I was eating chips and so my other kids were eating chips and then Savannah my 11 year old was like guys it's right before dinner how many times do we talk about not having snacks before dinner and I'm like I know but I have been fasting I'm really hungry so I'm choosing it so therefore I can't like I am opening it up to the masses. <laughs> Guys, chips are open. It's before dinner and we're eating chips. So if you would like some, come eat them because I'm eating them myself. So, I mean, I wasn't being totally hypocritical. But what I'm saying is that would be really frustrating if you're like, I really like, I just, I want that toy at the checkout line. Why is, why can't I have that toy? Like, it'd be really frustrating if I was seeing yeah. things that I wanted all the time and just 
somebody's telling me no, right? So, yeah. I mean, to be clear, I'm saying I believe in standing behind the nose. I don't think I should buy my kids everything they ever want. And I think I should say no to them at the checkout line for the million little baby toys they want. Like I, I stand behind that, but I'm just saying, we're just taking a minute here to empathize that this can be challenging mm-hmm. for children to not get yeah. what they want. So, so first of all, whining, reframe, realize that it's kind of hard. Now here is where it gets magical to me. This is the tips that she actually gives. So we look at the feeling behind the whining. We look at the desire behind the whining and we acknowledge that desire. So you, let's just use uh, a throwaway toy at the grocery. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is what it's going to be for me. Beanie booze. You know, those big, those little (laughs) animals with the huge eyes. They have them at our local grocery store. And every single time I go to the grocery store with my kids, they want more Beanie Boos. I mean, we have so many Beanie Boos. The answer is no, because we don't need any more Beanie Boos. But every time we go to the store, they want Beanie Boos. Okay, so I'm going to use that as an example. The boundary is we're not buying more Beanie Boos every time we go to the store. The whining comes from, but we really want the Beanie Boos, right? So how this would look is you're empathizing with the desire. I can see you really want that adorable, kind of weird looking beanie boo husky with giant eyes. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You want that. He's soft. I get it. You kind of want to snuggle with him on the way home. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you are like connecting with the desire, acknowledging the desire, which is huge. Then the second step is then you hold your boundary and then you allow them to have their response. So the answer is still no. I'm still not buying the beanie boo. I see that you want it and you are allowed to feel whatever you want to feel about that. So you're giving them permission to feel whatever they want to feel about it. When you give them the permission, oftentimes with my kids, it actually doesn't turn into anything big because they're like, oh, I have permission. Okay, whatever. Or they might cry for a minute or two. But once you give them permission and you're not trying to do the control their tone, stop whining. I hate that voice. Don't say it like that. Stop crying about it. Blah, blah, blah. We're just shutting it down and then it just makes it worse. I mean, we've all done that before. Stop whining. Eh, Like I I swear they just up it. So instead, forget about controlling the way their tone is and just simply connecting with the desire, then hold the boundary firmly and allow them their response. It's liberating. My job, Mm -hmm. she's really big into, I love this author because she's like, what's your job? What's my job? My job as the parent is to set my boundary and my boundary is not, I set the boundary for you to do this. It's if you do this or don't do this, this is what I'm going to do. Boundaries are saying what I'm going to do. So my boundary is I'm not going to buy the Beanie Boo and you can respond to however you want. That's what it is, right? So mm-hmm. it's really liberating because it's like this feeling of, great, I don't have to control their tone. I don't have to make them say certain words. I don't have to do any of it. I just get a connection with a desire, validate it, hold the boundary, and then give them permission to feel whatever they want to feel. And I'm going to be unruffled about the whole thing because I'm the big person here. It's just liberating mm-hmm. for me that I've been trying out on my kids, just that. And I'm not going to say whining has been eliminated, but my like huge triggering feeling is not happening anymore now that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I can't say that this stops whining, but I can say it stops the storm inside of myself that whining creates. And I don't feel like I have to give in either. Like, it's beautiful. I just get to hold my boundary and it's fine. And connecting with that desire. Yeah, it is frustrating to want something and not be able to have it. I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the perception. It changes the perception of it. I love that. And I think I just want to reiterate, I love what she said, that it's it's boundaries aren't, it's what we are going to do, what we tell our kids that we're going to do, and then they can react however they want to that boundary. So I love that. Um, okay, so we actually have plenty more that we want to talk about with good uh, good insights. So we're, we're probably going to do a part three. <laughs> so just for time's sake, we are going to cut it here, but stay tuned for part three because there are some really other such great concrete concrete tips that I think everyone is going to benefit from. Yeah. Um, we hope and you guys enjoyed this just one. As oh, yeah. a little, and just as a little teaser though, we're going to talk about things like lying. We have had so many questions about lying guys and I sometimes don't know what to say. She has the best section on lying I've ever read in my entire life. Lying, fears, anxieties, shyness, Mm-hmm. Really easily sensitive. frustrated kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Perfectionism, easily really sensitive kids, deeply feeling kids. So there are so many more good things. So just a little teaser. Those are the things we're going to focus on next time. Yes. Yes. So we hope you guys all enjoyed this. And some practical things is remember the phone-free attention time and remember that your kid is just a good kid, maybe having a hard time. We like love that. That's definitely a common theme throughout the Good Inside book. And then just remember like your own self-care. Remember to connect to yourself and give yourself some love and, and also like acknowledge, validate, permit all of those good things. So try any of these things and um, we'll see you guys next week. I hope you, let's find the magic. Brown cows.